If not now, tell me when. From Bloomington, Indiana, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana Bloomington. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Hello. Today, we turn to the first half of our interview with Dr. A.J. Sinha, part one having been broadcast on Thursday, September 14th. Dr. Sinha is a nephrologist on the faculty of Indiana University School of Medicine and works primarily at the VA Medical Center in Indianapolis. He's active with a number of health justice projects, including Medicare for All Indianapolis, Circle City Mutual Aid, Good Trouble Coalition, Indiana Insulin for All, and with Hoosier Action on the Medicaid Unwinding. In the first episode, we talked about all these organizations and what they do, finishing with Indiana's Medicaid Unwinding that has followed on the end of the national COVID public health emergency. Over 100,000 Hoosiers have lost their Medicaid coverage. To listen to that episode, please go to the WFHP.org website, find Prescription for Healthcare under News and Public Affairs Programs, and play the September episode. Now we join Dr. A.J. Sinha again in progress. To bring Medicaid around to Medicare for All, big picture, defending Medicaid is very important. It's a lifeline for many people here in Indiana and across the United States, but just defending Medicaid isn't enough, in my opinion. That's why I'm an advocate for Medicare for All. And Medicaid is a great example of why Medicare for All is important because it represents our tiered system that we have in the United States. We have private health insurance, which can be, although less and less, is it really a benefit to people, but it can be very good. If you're really wealthy, you can afford high deductible plans. You can get very good health care. We have some forms of government insurance like Medicare, and then we have Medicaid for poor folks. But naturally, since it's for poor folks, these are people that are very disempowered and not valued by society, definitely not valued by the elites that make the decisions that affect everyone, including poor folks. And so Medicaid is constantly under threat. It has all sorts of means testing, which is what we've been talking about with the unwinding, proving that you don't have two pennies to rub together. It's notoriously doesn't pay doctors well, and so many doctors won't accept Medicaid. And this can all happen because Medicaid is the health insurance for the poor, for the people that society generally disregards or just doesn't value. And that's a natural result of a tiered healthcare system, having one supports for the poor, and then we have private health insurance, and we have the health insurance for the elderly. If we have improved and expanded Medicare for all, everyone would be in, no one would be out. So it includes the poor folks, it includes Jeff Bezos. But let's not, let's say Hollywood entertainers or CEOs, people that are very wealthy, but can't just pay everything out of pocket. Basically, everyone would be in, nobody out. The tendency to throw up all these administrative burdens and hurdles in front of people would be severely mitigated because it affects everyone, including the bosses and the mayors and the the doctors and the people that society does value. So if we had everyone in and no one out, then we could have a health system that actually helps everybody. That's why I advocate for Medicare for all. I want to defend Medicaid because it's what we got and it helps people, but boy, it could be so much better without all these burdens without all these hurdles. That makes sense. That does make sense. And it makes me think about how I have been in recent years describing that what we have in this country, you talked about the different tiers, is we have instead of a medical care system, we have a medical caste 
system, CAS, oh, yeah. SDE, uh, yeah. all these different tiers and people fall from one level to another. And of course, it's unbelievably complicated for everybody. Dr. AJ Sinha, will you please tell us what your prescription for healthcare is? My prescription for healthcare is for health workers to get more active and to get more organized. I spend a lot of time trying to organize with a variety of groups, including Medicare for All Indianapolis and Insulin for All Indiana, Good Trouble. But a lot of our activism relies on asking the bosses and really the politicians to do the right thing but they're able to ignore us frequently. Sometimes it feels very dark that, say, abortion has been largely banned in Indiana. We have a very draconian ban, as I think everyone is aware. One of my colleagues, Dr. Kaylin Bernard, here at the university, has been targeted by the state attorney general. Her license was put in threat. Health insurance premiums are rising. Things are not moving in the right direction. It's easy to fall into despair or feel that positive change is impossible because the elites, the people that can make the changes aren't listening to us and they can ignore us if they want to. I'll give you another example. The Health and Hospital Corporation, which runs our public hospital here in Indianapolis, makes a lot of money by administering, often administering merely on paper, but administering nursing homes here in Indiana and allows them to bill Medicaid for a lot more money. And due to poor care in one of the nursing homes, I believe in Northwest Indiana, a patient, elderly patient with dementia died. They sued Health and Hospital Corporation and they took it to the Supreme Court in order to defend their income stream. Despite being told that this jeopardized with this right-wing Supreme Court, this jeopardizes Medicaid across the country. And all of these people making the decisions of the Board of Health and Hospital Corporation are political appointees appointed by elected officials, including our city council here in Indianapolis and the mayor, and should be responsive to the public. They have public board meetings, but they, despite public outcry and a lot of activism, they just ignored everyone. They insisted on taking the case to the Supreme Court. Fortunately, the Supreme Court found on the side, basically of Medicaid, didn't say they allowed the, uh, it's called the Tulevsky family, to, their name, they allowed the, the family to sue. But this is a, yet another example of, again, all Democratic Party appointees being very resistant to anyone saying, hey, this could be very bad for healthcare in the United States. Okay, so it's a... It's, it's easy to be, as the young kids say, blackpilled and be very uh, pessimistic, but health workers have a lot of influence and power can if we get more organized and or people in general can. And we see a lot of that in the United States and with uh, Starbucks workers, with the Teamsters and the UPS uh, contract, they were close to striking. And there is a movement amongst health workers, including amongst doctors who have been the elite, the, the aristocracy of health workers, unionization, largely house staff. So these are the trainee doctors. Most recently, what comes to mind is the house staff at Harvard have recently voted to unionize. But there's a strong movement towards getting more organized, recognizing that we can't get pushed. We don't like being pushed around, but there's something we can do about it. And going to our boards uh, for various quasi-public entities locally or at the federal level, at the state level, if we can build power and we're organized together, it makes us harder to ignore. And so that's why my prescription is to try and get more organized. I think that doctors are, my sense is there's a lot of discontent amongst doctors for a variety of reasons. Now, I somewhat snarkily feel like that 
doctors have only recently caught up to what it's like being an employee that everyone else has known for 200 years, yeah. having a boss that tells you how, how to do your work and telling you, hey, by the way, we fired four docs. You guys got to work more. And by the way, we're not going to pay you anymore. Doctors for the longest time used to be the, the bosses. Now we're not. We're largely hospital employees. And it really stinks for a lot of reasons that most people are aware of. And only more recently have we come to the conclusion, boy, this kind of stinks. But the solution isn't to blame other health workers, in my opinion. And it's fairly ineffective just to complain on social media or go to elected officials that can ignore you. It's more effective to get organized and to use your power that way because it's easy to ignore one or two people, but a whole organized group would be a lot harder to dismiss. I love that. That's the first time someone has really talked about that. On our show. On our Absolutely. show. <laughs> really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're most welcome. Thank you for this opportunity. This is Karen Greenstone and Dr. Rob Stone for Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio in Bloomington, Indiana. To your good health, everyone, please stay safe and thank you for listening. We may never see this moment, a place and time again.